0: On the road, but yeah, I, I don't think
1: it's wonderful results. I think it's just a good opportunity, if anything, to kind of get a little bit exposure uh, in a new crowd. So um, that'd be probably my primary thing, and uh, obviously to bit. get get some more uh, viewers coming in, just some fresh faces, fresh opinions, because we can. I think both shows can certainly benefit from some new new ideas and new thoughts you know
0: yeah we we definitely cornered our corner of the market we <laughs> need to get out
1: of that corner <laughs> pretty sweet all right everyone welcome to seo this week this is episode 116 i am joined by my faithful friend ted Kibitis. say hi ted hello everyone this week we are going over i got 10 stories really eight if you count the two videos i'm going to highlight just to kind of help you out from last week uh to bring that together uh, but some of the stories they have uh, actually will generate a lot of thought and uh, uh, conversation so i think this is going to be a great episode uh no special guests no special topics next week uh we're gonna, i want to go over spinning uh, i was going to do it this week i just didn't have time to put something together properly go ahead Tim. Spinning is one of my
0: favorite gray hat things out there. And I've had some success with it, but I think the potential for next generation spinning to just, you know, completely rewrite articles in flawless grammar <laughs> <laughs> is amazing. It's, that's a frontier right there. And we know that, like, news sites out there already have some of these as high-end enterprise solutions. But when that comes down to being commonplace, I mean, that's going to be huge. Yeah. I don't know what Google's going to do at that point because how, how do you – catch somebody that is completely rewritten an article so it means the exact same thing but in totally different
1: wording well you can't and that's <laughs> what's <well>, wonderful <laughs> a lot of people say that spinning is, is dead it doesn't work well spinning stupid random calls. Yeah, no, I I agree. Spinning's not
0: dead. Auto spinning has always been problematic because it produces garbage. But if you handcraft your spins, you get flawless spins every time. And the the problem with handcrafting the spins is that you know that takes work. And if you can get AI that understands proper grammar to handcraft the spins,
1: then you're set. I think, yeah, I agree, and I, I th- but I think, I don't know, I'm not sure that we're that far along, uh, but it certainly does raise a lot of questions for opportunity uh, from the white hat and the black hat perspective. Um, and, but the downside is that to, to do it right, it takes a lot of time, uh, and that's why I didn't want to actually try to tackle that today because it does take time. Uh, and I needed to set some things in advance, <laughs> and also I, I think there's an opportunity for spinning uh, and then maintaining entities, like uh, Joe was talking about, uh, and, and putting those two theories together to create some really unique content off the of content that's not unique at all. So I think that's good.
0: Well, there's a whole nother school. Like people are thinking, you know, I'll spin for relevant content to rank for a keyword but there are other reasons to spin in seo one of which might be just to re-spin your home page so you get googlebot coming back frequently for the updates okay. and, and just having those can get you get your website you know very fast indexation and very fast updates and so there there are cool tricks you can do a spinning that are beyond just ranking
1: for a keyword yeah, for sure. Like link building with your client, with your competition's content—that's pretty awesome. Ah, Alrighty, so let's go on to the regular topic before Ted and I get lost in this tangent. One of the stupid phone rings and completely breaks my conference, my uh, concentration, which is easy these days. All right, hopefully you guys see the screen what this happens Ooh, that's even better how's that better much better good all right okay so first one we're gonna cover is the brighton seo live streams last week i shared a roll up from one of the viewers he did uh putting all the slideshows together here's all the recordings to go along with those uh the there's no like time breakdown here so if you're really slick and you want to like download these videos and then re-upload them with the time brackets that would be awesome Uh, otherwise you just kind of have to wing it and figure out where who is speaking and what to find what you're looking for but uh in the i'm only going to show one here but the part one and part two are there uh they're about three and four hours long uh combined so I uh, hate it when they have long videos
0: like that and they don't break them up into sections or put the time codes. Yeah, I,
1: this is the third year that Authoritas has actually stream Brighton for them. Uh, and you figure by now that they put a little bit more effort into it. Because to me, you get way more exposure for your free um, live streaming if you if you did that and made it more useful for people.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's very hard for people to, you know, hotlink around the web to parts of your video if if you're not going to make it easy for them to do it. You just lose the viral. Yeah, for sure.
1: I I actually thought about doing hot linking for uh, this show. Uh, I just changed the format for the descriptions where I put all the articles in there now so everyone knows what we're actually going to talk about. Uh, and going back in and doing the hot link and saying this is where I talked about it, that might actually be something useful. But, uh, we'll see how that goes. It's <laughs> I'm adding more work to myself for a free show. I'm not sure if I want to do that.
0: <laughs> we have any volunteers,
1: though, I'll make you manager. <laughs> uh, let's see. Next one is search engine roundtable. Is Google might change how no index robot text works. So what's bringing this on is a lot of people were asking about why google is ignoring or um the uh, no index when you're trying to no index a specific page or a specific folder inside of the robots text and google is saying you weren't ever supposed to be using that for that purpose at all anyway it was like no index the whole site or leave it out of there um uh, what, what do they call it bringing a knife to your gunfight or some crazy analogy that they did but they're saying that you should be using the the meta um for no index versus you know, robots text. So that's probably interesting. I don't know, Ted, are, do you, like we use it sometimes when we want to make damn sure that nothing gets through uh, in a brand new site or we have a complete copy on a dev server, but we have to have it live uh, so the clients can see it. You know, we use no index in the robots.txt and in the metas just to make you know, doubly sure that that's not going to get indexed
0: well you you need to be really careful uh because of the indexing issues so uh you know it's only a few months ago when john mueller was telling people that if you no index follow your pages that google will eventually treat those like a no index no follow and then it was just recently that gary started saying uh, that doesn't happen. We don't ever convert them over. Um, so even within Google, they can't seem to get the details right. Um, so I'm I'm skeptical just right off the bat. And so, you know, I would want to make sure that all of my pages are getting visited by Googlebot. And I would want to make sure that they're all appearing in the index. And I don't necessarily want to trust Google to find that out. Um, so there's an opportunity for a whole new SEO business to just figure out, you know, what is Google doing, Googlebot versus appearing in the search uh, results. Yeah, for sure. And, and that would be a killer product. So I might have to build that if somebody doesn't beat me to
1: it. <laughs> well, I already got my on this for this year. So yeah. hopefully someone else is smart enough to figure it out. All right, let's see. Next one is the Google Webmaster Hangouts. This is actually a good one. There's some things that, in here that kind of bring uh, a lot of conversation or have brought a lot of conversation in the uh, SEO space. And number one is this one. Removing website navigation will not help with rankings, but it might hurt your website. And that was a statement in regards to a question where a guy was claiming his competition was removing all the nav menus Uh, out of the head or or the menu area and as such he was ranking higher it's uh, to me it seemed like a reach to say that one was the cause of the other Uh, but I think there's some teeth there when you talk about way back when Rand was mentioning that the first URL on the page is the one you're gonna get credit and the second one wouldn't and so if you by that theory if you're linking to a page from your menu And in the content, the content wouldn't count, but the page in the the menu would, the link in the menu would. Well, what I
0: used to see, and I haven't tested this recently, but what I used to see in online retail was that I would create a little sitemap widget in the footer. And I would load that up with like 3,000 products. So site-wide, I was cross-linking to 3,000 different products from every page. And that had a little bit of a boost. When I reduced that down to 10 products being uh, linked across from the site-wide footer, those 10 products got a significantly stronger boost. And so I I think they're kind of hinting at this, that if you're crafting, you know, how you're spending your page rank on each page, that that can have an impact. And, and, you know, I would tend to lean towards, yeah, that that sounds plausible.
1: The only way I can really see that hurting a website is if you're – like you have multiple pages – and you're offering multiple services, or in your case, multiple products, and you take that out of the navigation, you make it harder for someone to find it on your internal search. But keep in mind, in in a typical
0: online store, you have your category navigation. So all your categories are cross-linked on every page, but your products aren't. So I use that little uh, sitemap menu component in the footer to help get some love to actual product pages that I wanted to boost. I'm talking about that in SEO
1: spring training where you mentioned uh, you know, focusing on your category pages primarily for link building. And then you also do an X number for, um, for your product pages. You actually gave the number out and, and how much you, you do and it, it's increasing. Uh, It's like site-wide, it works a lot better. You can promote more content.
0: Yeah. yeah. I I would see a magical effect once. uh, Now, keep in mind, the stores I worked with had 25,000 SKUs. So I would see a magical effect when the product pages had 25 backlinks. Right. And site-wide, I mean, that's a lot of backlinks. But for (laughs) any one page, we're not talking about hundreds. We're not talking about thousands. We're talking about 25.
1: Yeah, it's nothing that is not doable, especially if you got a software and you're gonna you can repeat that process over and over again. Yeah. So I think it kind of has legs where you're leaving the categories might not apply to what this guy was talking about. Um, because really, you know, Google favors category pages anyway. Yep, we got that. That's why we focus so much optimization on them. But if you're link building to the products and the categories and you're boosting that whole section up, uh, but your primary focus is the products. That's your converting page. This is what really matters to you. Uh, I think it would make sense to have those in the categories and do like you're doing, where you're putting in the footer nav, which not, might not necessarily be the first link that Google gets to you, especially if you have a supporting blog, uh, and you're doing a review of products, and you link to your one, you know, the, the one I want to sell. That's the first one it finds, not your footer nav, but everywhere else, it's the footer nav. The yeah, first not
0: not only was it in the footer, not only is it this weird, you know, sitemap menu widget. Not only was it 100% exact match anchor text, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I did all that stuff, and I did it for for 17 years, and it you know it worked great. It
1: worked great, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't need to be the top one. I didn't want to mess with the primary nav because that would confuse customers. So. Yeah. So, don't mess with your primary nav. Keep that simple and to the point. Yeah, mine,
1: like OTT, ours is that one's pretty well built out. It's a rather large menu, where uh, versus digital is not. Uh, we see benefits from kind of doing it both ways. You're just thinking about you know what you're trying to do. Um, so it's an interesting conversation. I, I guess it, one that Kyle and I had, uh, and I, I can't remember if it was in. SIA or in the core pop group was how the hell do you test that, but like, like in any reasonable way. Well, the the only way I could
0: think was to actually do it in a store. You know, take a product that isn't ranking well, that isn't getting good sales, and see if a site wide footer link uh, can generate any additional organic traffic. And when you run that test, what you'll typically see in Google Analytics is your organic traffic for that one
1: page you boost shoots up. Mm-hmm. Well, I was testing the theory that removing the nav from your menu would increase your rankings. Oh
0: Well, I, I wouldn't do that, but I, I certainly <laughs> when I played around with the number of links in the footer sitemap menu, that going from 3,000 products to 10 products really boosted those
1: 10 products. Huh. Okay. All right, let's see. Uh, the next one here was the uh, not all external links are displayed, and John Mueller said that they show a representative sample of your links in a Google Search Console, which is contrary to something that he released, I think it was a week or two ago, where he said these are all the links that Google cares about. So is it only the links that Google cares about or is it a representative sample? I think that's some mixed messages there, um, certainly for people to wonder about. And I think personally, that's why like Majestic and Ahrefs exist because Google's not going to show you all of them uh, and nor are they gonna show you all the ones that actually matter. Because if they did that, they would give you a roadmap. If you had enough sites, you can make a roadmap of the links that matter uh, across the niche. And just go out and build those, and, and you're done. Um, and I think that uh, Google will never do that, so it's pretty interesting. Any thoughts on that one, Ted? Probably not. Well, it's, you know, again, it's it's hard to trust uh, Google because they haven't been transparent. So. Yeah. SIA tested this one. Google doesn't use domain authority as a ranking factor, and the SIA tests. Uh, i agree with that Uh, so there's a lot more to that test obviously so if you guys want to check out sia search intelligence search intelligence agency yeah one
0: problem i have with that finding and that's the recent cases of people using amazon hosting to get a boost because those pages are new URLs in Amazon, so why did they rank so much better than just a new URL on different hosts?
1: That's a good that's a good, also a good point. So I'd I'd say yeah. domain, uh, domain authority versus brand authority apply to a domain?
0: Yeah, uh, so I I'd say more
1: research is needed. Yeah, that's an interesting. Interesting point. Uh, and let's see bunch of other crap in here that John spiels off and you can see some of the old ones that we missed uh, thanks to Christina over at marketing shirt for putting these together because God knows I don't have the patience to sit there and watch all of those all right let's see Matthew Woodward I haven't run any content from him but typically he does some great content and speaking of spinning see if you can find his spinning tutorial I'm not sure if it's still up or not that would be that's a good one it's how I modeled uh, ever since he started, he showed that I've been modeling my spinning that way. So either I use software uh, and don't give a damn about how my spin looks, or I do it the way Matthew Woodward taught. Uh, so that would be a good heads up for the spinning um, show. I really like this bundle
0: tutorial. Now, I don't use it, but I thought it was really clever.
1: Yeah, it was good. Unfortunately, that software is trash. <laughs> it oh. was yeah. You're lucky you don't use it. It's uh, honestly, it was you know compared to the web-based ones, it, the, the results were horrible. Uh, you, just using the interface was horrible. Uh, I think it's one of their more. Uh, let's go. It's it's because it's underdeveloped. Uh, it's very underwhelming and it's just not worth it, uh, in my opinion. But there's a lot of opportunity there. Uh, definitely, to to leverage a tool like that. Well, I thought it
0: was clever, but, uh, yeah, I trust your judgment on it being a crappy
1: tool. Yeah, save save your money. There's a lot of people that still use it. I'm not even sure if Matthew still uses it. But uh, to me, uh, there's just some better stuff that's web-based. It makes it a whole lot easier. Uh, Let's see. So people up his factors. I think the biggest things here to recognize is that it's from his own experience uh, and his own personal experimentation and there's some case studies and official resources. Uh, The downside of doing one of these posts is you'll get a bunch of people like me and Ted to go um, or just, you know, the internet troll. No, you're wrong about this. No, you're wrong about that. Or you forgot this. You forgot that. But There's 200 plus that people are commonly recognizing as the ranking factors. And then when you throw all the core stuff in there, now you're at like 1,200. So it's a great opportunity, though, to actually start working and worrying about uh, testing and some things to test. Uh, So last week on SEO Fight Club, I think it was last week, Uh, it's been everything's kind of running together ted went over his new testing software he's developing uh i'm still waiting to get my grubby little hands on that one but um, yeah (laughs) it's a perfect opportunity to set up some basic tests uh using Ted's software that'll get you uh, into the testing mode and get the juices flowing and i think you should take math post here the Google ranking factor scroll down to the page level ranking factors and there's your beginning test points the URL containing keyword title tag meta description in the core pop group we're talking uh, meta keywords do those even matter a lot of people say yes a lot of people say no Um, correlation tells us sometimes Uh, so these are really great opportunities for you to create some, some tests uh, and leverage a testing tool that makes the whole process a little bit bigger. Uh, and go back and watch that SEO Fight Club episode because they're talking about standardizing tests and sharing not just the test results to make yourself internet famous, but share your test method uh, so people can duplicate it and, and verify and confirm. Or maybe they thought of something that you missed, uh, or you over tested, or you did something and created uh, a couple different. Uh, what do they call it you know, factors uh in, in, in a mix and you kind of invalidated your test but people won't know that and people can't help you and you can't help them uh, unless you share the testing standards which i think is a really bonus feature uh, of that uh, software that tech created. On top of that, the stupid thing makes pages for you. And if you're a black hat crazy guy like me, you'll do a whole bunch of tests. You'll put them all together and you'll be create like 150 case studies and link to your SEO page and instantly rank. Well, on, uh...
0: <laughs> not only that, I was, I was thinking, well, maybe I should pull the Spintax engine out of Cora page and put it in it. Yeah, <laughs> it really is a black hat tool.
1: Yeah, it could be. I Honestly, uh, you know, to me, it would be worth it to put 150 tests together uh, because I want to have a running set of tests to, you know, like uh, peer review, SIA, uh, peer review some of the core factors just because there's, it's, like, really interesting to me and I want to get more into the testing part where you and Kyle are at. Um, but so I wouldn't necessarily use this bin, but I can see that really do, working really well, so. Can Cora spin text? Oh, you just have to wait and see. Cora 5.0. I well, it, it, <laughs> it can in the Cora page
0: tool, but the Cora 5 content report is going to be really cool if you need to park on keywords. So I would wait and see what Cora 5 has to offer before you go down the spinning route. Yeah. And I would also wait till next week to see Clint's spinning uh, uh,
1: presentation. Yeah, spinning one, and then once Core Five comes out, I'll show you how how you guys, guys and gals, how to use that for your link building, uh, and your page building. So we kind of all dropping all these little hints and stuff, and but you know we're all waiting patiently for Ted to finish it. So yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> hey, you said a month, so I'm. I'm- wait in the month i'm not gonna nag you until like three weeks well
0: it's it's down (laughs) it's down to wrapping up uh the loose ends and testing the crap out of it and updating the core apps to be compatible with the new output files
1: yeah yeah i hear you you know just the core automator you know what went into that and i got a quote 30 hours for 65 dollars an hour to add the page URL I told the guy he was high. I was like, "Developer made this program <laughs> in like four hours. Four hours. I'm, I'm all I'm adding is this one section, but I get where you're coming from in some of the frustrations of software development and finding the right people and et cetera. Luckily for you, you know Java, you just banging out. But oh. yeah,
0: yeah. But you know, if as far as the deployment goes, if everything went perfectly, it could be two weeks.
1: Yeah,
0: and if things don't go perfectly you know worst case scenario it could be two months and the truth
1: is probably somewhere in the middle yeah well, I don't think a month would be good as long as it comes out in time for me to start doing the Halloween and Christmas affiliate stuff uh, then I'll be happy yeah uh, and I'm sure most people will team uh, Black Fridays etc so next one is RankClub.io. it's a new site they've been putting out some decent content lately and I, um, when I say lately, they have the Anchor Text Guide in January. So hopefully these guys publish out some more stuff. Uh, but it's actually pretty good. It's a guide for PBNs, and they're a seller, uh, and they want to talk about Anchor Text Placement. And this is really timely post for me because at SEO Spring Training, I'm going to talk about how I analyze Anchor text. Uh, and uh, use that for link building as well. So this breaks out some different types of anchor text. Look at it. Um, mine gets a little bit more detailed uh, into what they did, but some great anchor text placements. Some things to remember. If Cora taught me anything is that every keyword or every niche and then every keyword in that niche has a different percentage or a different number of factors for ranking and the same goes applies to anchor text so this is a good starting point of knowledge don't go by these percentages like and think of those as fact and that's what you need to do you need to examine each one of your um, your urls or your yeah that you're trying to rank uh, and look at those specific keywords you're targeting and sort those out i'll do uh after the seo spring training i'll break that part of my talk out Uh, And we'll also talk that on uh, SEO this week or SEO Fight Club, depending on which one needs content more.
0: (laughs) Yeah, people people often think that Google is setting the bar for how you need to tune your pages, and it's patently untrue. You rank relative to your competition, so your competitors are setting the bar that you compete to, and... With every different keyword, you have a different set of competitors. So you have to measure to figure out where that bar is at.
1: And when you're looking at these numbers, if you think about it, let's say every SEO is following these numbers. If every every SEO is doing 23% euro, 15% topic or brand, and 7% topic, uh, and then 48% target keyword, how the hell is Google going to s- find the standout? Uh, so it's it's. You know, not that far-fetched to think that every keyword uh, is different. You guys can see that for yourselves. Just go, if you want a good example look like, web design, any city, and then search some other crazy, like, best of, and you'll see the differences in profiles uh, and how those percentages vary from word to word, city to city, uh, et cetera. That'll be get your brain going. This is an interesting post. Uh, Event spam. And leveraging uh, events to, uh, I don't know, to increase your click through, increase your exposure uh, on sites. So it's actually pretty interesting. It's using schema, which is awesome. Here's the event schema. If you guys have never tried it, uh, it's you know, if you're actually hosting an event, you should you should be using it already. Uh, but you can certainly make up events and that's essentially what this is uh, talking about to get a little bit extra more click off of the map so uh, is it spam uh, you know i guess spam is relative to the person is looking at it uh, I, I don't really consider this spam you're just kind of leveraging a feature uh, and letting google highlight some stuff for you to increase your ctr and you know seo this week coming on every tuesday on YouTube live is an event Uh, So if I wasn't a complete retard, I could be running an event uh, every every week on my GMBs to highlight that. Yeah, and, you
0: know, the, the thing that you can do with this, like if you're a legitimate local business and you're trying to get local citations is, you know, one day a year you pick a cause to fundraise for, you rent a bouncy house and a popcorn machine, and you let all the local radio stations and the TV stations and all the online event calendars for your area and Craigslist and all these places know, you get on all those event calendars and then all of a sudden you have all these local event links to your local business. And, and so you can really leverage it, you know, in, in those types of regards, even if you're not an event-based business.
1: That's a good idea. Link building. I'd make it quarterly. There's plenty of, you know, mental health months, suicide awareness month, that kind of stuff you can get involved in. And that's all a tax deduction, too, if you're a real business. So. All right, let's see. Socialinsider.io is how to add links to Instagram stories. If you're like me, me and you're trying to leverage Instagram, especially for something that's not really Instagram-based, like uh Uh, SEO blog, for example, then uh, you have a hard time in getting the necessary numbers, so you can have links in your stories formats. Well, this guy came up with a way to get around it. First, if you never used Instagram, learn about what stories are, then how you're technically supposed to add them up, Uh, and then some ways to actually do it without having uh, the followers to meet the requirements. So. Uh, certainly, is something worthwhile, especially if you think there's an opportunity there to get some traffic from Instagram. I think it's uh, untapped for a lot of markets um, I and mean, probably over overtapped for some others. So, uh, another service that I recommend that you guys try out is this one Get River. Uh, it costs $99 per account. You plug some information in there and fire it off, and then you uh, build it it your account and your followers. It actually works. So when I used it uh, for a digital leader, I was getting like two three hundred likes, et cetera, uh, and a bunch of followers and stuff. So um, I'm getting ready to turn this back on for my account because I have a little bit more time to focus on Instagram. And I'm not in Washington state anymore. And I'm in Arizona where I like to take pictures. So I'll be able to leverage Instagram a whole lot more for uh, both in digital and over the top SEO uh, and just for my own fun and gratification. So check that out. Instagram link building opportunity, possibly, and if not, some traffic generation uh, at the back end of that. Uh, Yoast SEO becomes the first WordPress program to offer defragmented schema markups. Let me go ahead and start off with, I know that manually writing your schema is the best way to do it, and that you shouldn't leverage a plugin uh, for your schema, if you can help it. Uh, however, comma, when you're dealing with sites like we do, twenty-five thousand products plus twenty-five thousand pages plus one million pages plus, there's no way in hell you are going to write out your manual your schema for every one of those products or pages uh, without some kind of automation. So why not find one that does good job? And in this case, Yoast is actually doing a, a fairly decent job. I actually uh, uh, appreciate the effort that they put into this uh, schema markup. Uh, there's some things that, you know, we're learning about schema and establishing your entity and using schema to do that. Uh, and they have actually got a lot of that stuff inside of there that helps uh, leverage those, those entity types is it as built out as you can do on your own no Uh, but it's pretty damn close Uh, and i appreciate the extra effort that they went into that finally clean up the free and the paid versions of yoast when compared to seo press uh, i liked yoast better and i was using both i have seo press pro and i have yoast pro and yoast pro is now implementing schema better than seo press pro uh, so, certainly uh, a bonus for them for there. There's still Rank Math. I've heard about them, uh, a free tool all around. Um, I have not had the opportunity to test them, and I don't have a test site to, to leverage that on just yet. But again, if you are a US fan or you're uh, looking for something where you can combine really good. Uh, schema without having to add another plugin is probably a good time to give Yoast Pro a look at. Uh, I looked at their schema for their local business. It's a little convoluted the way that runs, that local business SEO plugin. Uh, local SEO plugin is what it's called. And what happens is if you want to create a new location, it creates a new location page. Uh, and then you have to three or post then you have to 301 redirect that post to your actual location page if you're like me you have custom pages for each location right so you got a 301 that to the new page and then set up the schema so that's a little bit of a pain in the ass hopefully they figure that one out Uh, but the base product yoast seo the free and the pro version is actually putting out some good um good uh schema In here, this is Digital Leers Uh, for this episode. You see the video is already, uh, I have the video SEO plugin uh, add-on put on there, and and it does a really good job. This could probably be fleshed out a little bit more, um, but for my purposes, what I'm really looking for is getting that thumbnail and search, right? So that's going to help. And then here's the article schema, and see how it's all nested into together? So it's all... Relational. So instead of hacking it together like we were doing before, there's template on top of template on top of template, no nested uh, the schema. There's no hierarchy. This is all written out in the hierarchy. So if you don't know about this, just go to this. Go to the SEO this week post. Hit it in the structured data testing tool uh, and look at how it's being implemented. Again, I like it. I think it's doing great. Uh, there is an add-on. Uh, that you could possibly get if you want to, and one of the Dorian's talked about it, is WordLift. I used WordLift. I don't like WordLift, um, but it certainly integrates with this. The downside of WordLift is the second you turn off your money, uh, and they're going to shut off your vocabulary, and then all that schema and all the vocabulary pages on your websites gets ripped. Um, they tell you that you get the download if you want the download, uh, but now you got to put that all back in there manually. So... Um, that's why I don't. I no longer recommend Wordlift. There's a better way to do that. I think is just kind of figure out how to do it, uh, and stay in line with this nested schema. Uh, yeah, but the problem
0: uh, from the ecom uh, standpoint with these kinds of plugins is the plugin developers don't understand the the business requirements for like online stores. And so like an online store wants to have the product schema on every page, but Yoast doesn't understand that that product schema needs to be in strict agreement with the Google merchant feeds. And when they're out of agreement, those URLs get punished in Google merchant center. And uh, so I'd, I'd like to see these plugins have uh, tighter integration with uh, feed management.
1: Yeah, I think that'd be a, that's a good point. Um they have the the WooCommerce integration. I have not tried that either in full disclosure, so that's that's interesting. Uh I know that when we're doing products we actually just go to the devs and kind of give them this is the minimum that we want because we can't like uh, in most cases you can't there's some elements to our product template that require third-party research to to get and insert into there. Uh, So this is the minimum we want, and programmatically they do it, and that kind of takes care of that, the schema for us. Um, Again, though, if you can spend more time to do it manually, then go for it. But, you know, uh, we don't have the resources, nor the time, nor the uh, inclination whatsoever to do uh, 25,000 products of schema (laughs) by hand. There's no damn way. All right, so check it out again. Uh, I know a lot of people are, are Yoast haters and they love to hate Yoast be- for whatever reason, but uh, they actually did a good job. Uh, and uh, you'll learn a little bit more about Schema and just kind of checking that out, or at least look at a site that does it. Uh, On a line with that, uh, Martha Van Burkel from the uh, Schema app. Uh, she did a talk for lawyers so if you're in the legal marketing niche I know a lot of listeners are uh, then that's probably good for you to check out they are another product that uh, is really good for schema implementation learning curve much bigger uh, with schema app uh, and so is the price tag so if you're talking about uh, again an enterprise store solution 25,000 products uh, and you want to use their data highlighter to generate the schema for all your products you're looking at a significantly higher price tag uh tv scarier fair let me see if it's on their site here we go yeah this uh this one here Schema at scale. They don't put the price on there because it's like if you can't, if you have to ask the price, you can't afford it. And it is true. It's, I think when we had it quoted for just one of our sites, it was like a grand uh, for schema. And then this is another one once you shut off the integration, your schema is gone. Uh, so it definitely has to be worthwhile to implement a program like this. But the content that she gives is actually pretty good. So I think you'll enjoy it. And then uh last article is from Quicksprout, Neil Patel, and the writer is actually Lars Lofgren. And uh, so uh, you can't bash on it being on Neil Patel's blog. But it's talking about how to leverage forums. Again, the f- <laughs> is could have been a good lesson here and why you need images, because nothing really makes sense until you actually start digging <laughs> into the content. But you need some stuff to break it up. But that being said, Google forums are still a great opportunity for link building and traffic generation, regardless of the Google spew uh, PR machine saying that forums are ignored generally. Uh, you know we have applications using x rumor that prove that to be false. So you can still go into active live forums. Um, Spread your brand around and build some traffic, and this is one interesting way to and how to do it. Um, more manual than not. So if you're not interested in manual forms and kind of getting out there and engaging on the forums, maybe you can skip this one. And that is it for episode 116. The news, Ted. You got anything new and exciting going on in the world? I know we've already beat Cora Five to death, so. What else? Well, else I, uh, I, I think people would probably want a
0: spoiler about tomorrow so uh, oh
1: yeah there is yeah. another show isn't there
0: yeah uh so uh clint and this other guy derek from a different seo group called digital planet they compete on a ton of seo related search terms so search you know seo city name you you find uh, Clint's company and Derek's company, uh, both in there going toe to toe. And so we're gonna set these two guys down and we're gonna talk about what they're doing because I don't think anybody's ever taken two people uh, going at a market and like just sat down and had a powwow and seeing what what happens so it's not going to be a big fight and screaming fest and if you're hoping for that that's not what it is we actually want to learn something <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what we're going to do we're going to take these two competitors down because we're all familiar with the us versus google competition but I think what we often never do is talk about the SEO versus SEO competition, and it'll be an interesting discussion.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to it. And Derek's a really smart dude, and maybe uh, we can kind of help each other out in, in areas that we're not competing. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to the conversation, and I think it's going to be a good time for all yeah yeah we are joking uh, before this show started
0: that you know what about those locations where both you and derek are being beaten by a third party maybe you guys could team up <laughs>
1: yeah i think it just means we're not trying hard enough <laughs> yeah. probably that too <laughs> all right so let's go and get into questions we don't have very many so if you guys have questions it would be a good time to start now Uh, specifically uh, really want to answer some questions on schema Uh, so uh, I highlighted that in the show uh, so if you guys have them that would be awesome Uh, and with that we'll start with Intersol's question are there benefits when hosting a website on a dedicated IP Uh, I'll start off by saying there could be uh, it just really depends on where you're buying your hosting from uh, because if you're Let's say you're on a shared hosting platform like HostGator. Then there's a ton of junk that's on that website or on that IP. Uh, there's a ton of email issues, more than likely, uh, that, that are created. So it's nice to get on a dedicated IP. There are people that claim there's some F- SEO benefits from that. Honestly, I haven't seen it. Um, but I do keep all my sites mainly on the same IP. out of you know, just being cheap and not wanting to buy a new one. Uh, so uh, to me, I would say that if you are in a, uh, a market, like you're an e-com and you got your SSLs and, uh, you sprung for the really expensive SSL and you want to keep everything clean and protected, then you might want to get it to consider getting a dedicated IP for that website. Uh, Ted, do you have any other insights into that?
0: Yeah, you know the the risks are relatively low, so I'd say the SEO advantage is close to non-existent. You look at GoDaddy, you look at Wix; they have thousands, if not millions, of uh, of websites being hosted from these massive enterprise servers. They're called blade servers, so they're technically one server, and they just add these blade components into it to help them scale and hold more websites and. Then they can virtualize servers on those blades, and it's all, it's all muddied and commingled. The place where the IP helps you is that reputation, keeping it clean. So if you're worried that other websites are going to do, like, illegal activity and get onto blacklists, then you want to avoid those other websites. For example, there's always the remote possibility that not your website, but your neighbor on the same IP address uh, gets hacked and that hacked website starts attacking Google. What do you think Google's going to do to that server? Well, they're going to shut it down. Um, and, you know, they, they may not shut it down in the hosting perspective, but they may take it off of index yeah. things like that.
1: Yeah, or as that crosses domain and is- mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or they might throw legal force at the hosting, at which point that IP is going down. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if, if you're worried about blacklists, if you're worried about people taking punitive action against servers because of bad behavior, then it's best to have your own IP.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Sean Michael for Link Building recommended sponsoring a football team. That actually that works. Uh, football, soccer, youth sports, etc. I did youth sports in Washington, sponsored my son's high school uh, sports program. Uh, they did uh, calendars, and we put ads on the calendars, and it kind of helped, you know, obviously sponsor the school. So uh, that's certainly a good way to do it. Uh, the best person that I know that leverages that sponsorship, Local stuff is Kyle Roof, uh, and maybe one day we can uh, kind of get him on and talking about that.
0: Yeah, with the event stuff, the you know the trick is to get onto the event calendars for the local radio stations and and TV stations, and it's I you know I don't see the clear path on how to do that with the the sports uh, sponsorships, but I think they're different methods, so I don't think they're related.
1: Well, I guess it really depends on the level of the, that sports and the amount of money that you can invest in the sponsorship. So uh, like a pro team, when they host and, and talk about new events and you're sponsoring that event, they advertise their sponsors at the same time. So um, I guess <laughs> you know it'll work better the deeper pockets you have. Yep. Let's see, Jordan Pierce, what are you putting in the same as these days? So I brought... Uh, Digital year schema again. Let me show it just so I can kind of illustrate. For the entity, and Jordan all knows all about entity, it's really the same thing everyone else is using Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Pinterest. And really, I'm going after the knowledge graph. Uh, that's the organization part. And then for local, i horrible on digital year. I don't have any examples set up. Uh, just because I don't have any time. But it's uh, citations. I use the citation sites. Uh, I use Wikipedia if I have one set up, Wikidata if I already have one set up. Uh, The map goes in the same as uh, the long link and the short link, so I get them both. Uh, The GMB website if I have that set up. And then when I'm looking at citations, I just use A metric, and that metric is DA. It's just easier. It's easy to do. Uh, and I pick DA60 or above, and those go
0: in the same as. You know what we need to do? Because I don't think it's been tested, is finding out if uh, same as counts as a link in the link graph. Does it pass link juice and does it get crawled for indexing?
1: That would be, yeah, that would be interesting to know. That would be yeah,
0: Imagine if you could just blow up anything you want to index,
1: you put it on your homepage as the same as. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. I think no, there is a, a balance, though. At what point is Google going to go, hey, that's just too much. You know what I mean? Uh, if they're all related to you and you have 30000 in there, then I guess it really can't hold that against you because they're all you. But then again. Yeah, I, I don't recommend doing this, but I'm <laughs> looking
0: for a new way to poke the bear. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: that would be that, that'd be pretty interesting. You can leverage that
1: on your uh, on your links, uh, especially if you do cloud links like I do. So that'd be pretty good. Let's see, Dorian. On my website, I have a lot of vocabulary entities. What's the best way to integrate those? Uh, these are dictionary terms for the content created with Wordlift. So. Uh, the WordLift integration, in case you guys don't know, is you have an entity. So let's say Google is the entity, and you have a vocabulary sub. It creates on WordPress, it creates a uh, subdirectory called vocabulary and puts it in there, and then you, you know pull in some information about Google, but it's really up to you to go in there and flesh that all out. Uh, and because you have to go in there and flesh that all out, if you're going to leverage it, uh, you might as well start interlinking things. So you have uh, Google um, Google as your top level in the vocabulary, and then you link to all of your category pages. You link to other, your other entities inside of there. Or better yet, you, uh, again, since you have to go there manually flesh it out anyway, link to the pages that you're using that entity on. Uh, which is another one of the things that I think Wordlift is really uh, sucking at. Sucking at is because they don't, uh, you know, highlight a lot of that information. So, um, so what you do is, let's say you have a Google category or a Google vocabulary page. Uh, fill out all the descriptions, flesh that all out, talk about what Google is, blah blah blah, uh, and then these are the uses or used on, uh, and then underneath that. All of your uh, pages that you want to link to, and then you send back links to your vocabulary pages. Uh, again, another thing that people just won't know uh, because you're sending backlinks to your vocabulary pages. They're running up through your supporting document pages, or uh, all this content is at, and that's again flushing to your money site. So now you have tier three internal link building structure. Uh, I recommend honestly uh, because Wordlift rips all that out, even the ones that you manually edit. Uh, that you just start getting in the habit of creating glossary posts anyway on your own, create your subfolder of vocabulary, uh, make a hundred or so, and just kind of bang those out as you go uh, and make that part of your um, your internal site process. Uh, so that's how I would leverage uh, those entities. Ted, you're not, I'm not sure if you, because you're really core focused, are you digging into that vocabulary, entities and stuff like that?
0: Well, uh, on the schema side, no, I've, I've looked at a lot of these tools and I've always shied away from contextual links because Mm -hmm. my personal preference is they always look super spammy and, (laughs) uh, so if I'm trying to sell something on these pages, I don't like them. And I get that they work like obviously they're links and they boost the content and, uh, the anchors are highly tuned. Uh, but like from e-commerce standpoint, I always found that like a menu widget in the footer also does those same things and is often easier to deploy and own and custom
1: build. And Well, there's two ways to, to in, in WordLift's case, you know, there's two ways to do it is you can set it up to link automatically to the vocabulary or not. And I chose not to, but for that very same reason. I don't want you to go anywhere, but where I want you to go so why would I give you 10, 15 opportunities to leave the go see a vocabulary page? Is going to give you, at the end of the day, is going to be no value to you. It's it's for me. It's for Google. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So just throwing those in the schema and not linking to them is is the best application in my opinion. Well,
0: and if you need that that SEO link, you know, having the sitemap menu and the footer that no human being is ever going to interact
1: <laughs> with gets you into that link graph. Yeah, for sure let's see uh intersol thanks for the answers please advise if it lowers the speed as it requires one or more server to render the info uh i'm i'm assuming he's still on the dedicated ip uh as it requires one or more server to render
0: well quickly uh rendering a web page on an enterprise scale involves many servers because your database is separate from your website your website might actually be a collection of five different servers that are round robinning you know sessions and then you probably have a cdn which could be a collection of dozens or hundreds of servers that are serving up other independent resources so all told, rendering a web page, uh, page plus all of those uh, tag manager tags that are going out to God knows where, uh, you might be contacting 200 different servers in order to render a single page. So very rarely is a, is a web page just a single server.
1: Yeah. I think if you want a good illustration of that is look at Amazon, the cloud hosting search uh, host WordPress on Amazon. And the uh, first listing that comes up is their actual tutorial on how to do it. And they explain the build out. Uh, and we have a site set up like that. It's on a client site. So what it does is the, the database is hosted on a server. The live version is hosted on a server. The, uh, the developer version is hosted on another server. And those all feed into yet another server that actually services the website. So it combines both of those three, those two data points together, the the WordPress files and the database uh, to host the website on that third server. And then as the traffic increases, so do the instances of that third server. Uh, So that's, you know, if you're talking about scale and you're getting into that, uh, it makes your site incredibly fast. But then again, it also costs base $450 to leverage something like that. So, um, uh, but uh, to answer your question, will it lower the speed and make your site faster? Uh, Obviously, if you have a good host on a good dedicated server, then certainly. Assuming that it's optimized correctly. Uh, Let's see, another one is how to implement schema in a multilingual site. (laughs) Honestly, I I don't deal with a lot of multilingual sites. I thought about getting uh, digital ear and over the top put into Spanish, but uh, since our level of Spanish-speaking employees is zero, uh, it didn't really make a lot of sense to me.
0: You know, I just went through the whole JSON-LD spec, and I didn't see any nice controls for for language indication. Mm-hmm. So I think that's all still just href lang. Yeah. So it's and that's a separate beast from schema. Yeah. Now, you can you can do your schema in different languages. So on the Spanish page do your schema in, in Spanish, Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. but href lang to all your different language versions.
1: Yep. Let's see. And Caleb is is there a way to leverage the same power of rail publisher with schema so I'm assuming you're talking about this right here Uh, there is a publisher type uh, inside of schema nested in and it's essentially almost the same thing as your organization schemas uh, which is why I like the Yoast implementation of it Uh, check that out publisher uh, if you want to just do it that way it's basically all it does is tie in your organization to you know think of it like a google plus brand page when you set that rail publisher you're essentially doing the same thing when you're just doing it with schema Um, and if you have google apps the five dollar a month program there's a new uh google connect Uh, i'm not sure how that's going to tie in yet uh, but my guess is that the publisher and doing same as with that Google Connect account is going to do a lot of wonders for people. So uh, we'll be checking that out. I'm not sure how to test that in a single single environment, but we're going to be implementing that anyway on a lot of our money sites. Just because you know, it's, again, it's five dollars for increased storage and a couple extra features from Google, and you're establishing your. Yeah, and, and if you want an
0: easy trick to getting stars in your Google search result since everybody in the world is a critic uh, look at author rank instead of aggregate rating
1: yeah i've done a little bit about authoring i don't really got all that deep into it all right let's see last one from carol bell should i add video schema to every page that has a video i say yes because you get to video schema essentially all you're really doing uh on top of indexing and helping index your videos, is giving yourself the opportunity to get the video thumbnail inside the search results where they show it. Uh, so, uh, and again, it's easier. Like if you have an established site, just get the Yoast SEO plugin or something similar uh, to create that for you. Uh, otherwise uh you saw on the digileer the schema is not really all that complicated it's only what one two three four five six lines uh to add uh, on each one of your pages make yourself a small little template if you don't want to get a plug in uh, and just bang away at it and mm-hmm. not o- not only that Be like uh, the news websites,
0: be like CNN, be like MSNBC, where they have one video uh, that's loosely about a topic, say the most recent hurricane, but they'll have 10 individual news articles about that hurricane and they'll use that same video on all 10 of those posts. So uh, maximize your video assets if you have a lot more articles than videos and make sure you put them on all the relevant articles.
1: Yeah that's almost a like a, a I want to say loosely a tag page uh, same kind of format but yeah the video and then a bunch of articles on the same topic so. Also another good internal linking page too. So you build those out and send all your links to those that rolls through and pushes power onto your newer stories without having to make more backlinks. So uh, definitely something to try out. And again, Carol's another one of those sadists that like me that wants to do, do this game schema manually. Uh, and Carol, I challenge you to find a site with 25,000 products and try it out. <laughs> It just it's
0: honestly i don't
1: want to like I just no no just make engineering custom build it then you will yeah, get what you want yeah it's that's honestly it's got to be the best way because there's you're gonna have to automate it at some point and, and i and the only reason i'm harping on that is because uh, a lot of people are teaching do it manually because it's the best way, but they're not addressing scale yeah. uh, or then, or when you ask them about scale, Oh, I just, I just do it manually. I always do it manually. Uh, and then it just kind of leaves that grain of doubt and you want to pull the bullshit card. And- Well, you lied about this, so what else are you lying about? And it's just, you know, don't put yourself in that position. Yeah.
0: If you have 500 products, you're going to spend one to three days doing it. And some people can afford to do that. If you have 25,000 products, you're manually, you're looking at spending three to five months doing it. And that's, that's really
1: hard. Well, well, that's great if you're on a recurring monthly. (laughs) What did you do? I wrote schema. This is the exact same thing for 500 products.
0: If you can hire an engineer to code it into the website based off of database fields, then that's the best way to go because then you get exactly what you want and it's managed through your product CMS.
1: And you don't have to go in every time they add a new product yep. or 500, which one of our clients does like 500 a month. They add new ones, so. Okay, I think that's it. We've been here for an hour. Uh, we talked about schema. We talked a little bit about the event SEO applications and some of the ranking factors. Uh, again, tomorrow, SEO Fight Club. Derek Wozniak yeah. and myself will be uh, just banging out and talking about uh, you know our ranking successes and probably ranking failures, too. Derek's not shy, and neither am I. So, um, but I'm looking forward to that. And that'll be tomorrow at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on SEO Fight
0: Club. If you guys have questions about trying to dominate a, a niche with SEO, tomorrow is
1: the show to bring those questions. Perfect. And the again, the follow-ups uh, next week we'll talk about spinning and the week after i forget what the hell we were gonna talk about oh anchor text so with that i will request again please hit the like the thumbs up or thumbs down doesn't matter to me all engagement uh and hit the subscribe button don't forget the little bell to get notified when everything comes up and i will see you uh, in phoenix if you're around the tempe area for seo spring training Uh, That starts uh, the festivities start Friday at lunchtime. Uh, Otherwise, see you next week for episode 117. Bye, everybody.